Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Travel trend, present, best and beyond Though you weren't with us too long That was the most precious thing we could lose While you were here, the fun was never ending Life a minute was only beginning I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined, as always, by Scott Klein. The Jaguars are 2-0 on top of the AFC South all by themselves after two weeks of play, and they have won seven straight home games. How about it, Scott? Feels like Christmas. I mean, it's just, it's such a magical time of the year. Tom Brady's losing, Jaguars are winning. It's a beautiful it's thing. Beautiful. It's not something you've really ever been able to say. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> And tandem there. Because Tom Brady's just always been winning. Yeah. But again, welcome to the show. This is the Jim Jag Podcast. You can follow my co-host Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. Follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo. And make sure to follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter, at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. All the latest Jaguars news, analysis, updates, podcasts, videos, and all of that stuff can also be found at ginjag.com, where we've also got new Duval gear dropping weekly. This week we've come out with some pretty cool stuff. Uh, as you may know, Keelan Cole had the best catch I've ever seen yeah. this weekend against the Patriots. We are coming out with an Air Cole t-shirt with his silhouette of that amazing catch. Uh, you can check that out again, ginjag.com. It's available for pre-order It'll be shipped out next week if you order it this week, so uh, go ahead and get on that. Uh, Please subscribe to this here show on SoundCloud and on the iTunes Podcasts app. And please, if you're able, give us a review on the iTunes Podcasts app. It really helps uh, more people find the show and more people listen to our content and uh, interact with us and talk Jags football with us. So we'd really appreciate that. Again, leave us a review on the iTunes Podcast app if you can. Big shout out to the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast, Bold City Brewery. Find them online, boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. They have got a lot of exciting stuff going on right now. They've got a new Screamsicle brew that's out that we're testing here today. Uh, it's available at Daly's Place, which is pretty cool. The uh, concert venue connected to the Jaguars Stadium, TI. A.A. Bankfield, a.k.a. The Bank. So yeah, you can go check that out at Daly's Place, Screamsicle, really tasty beverage. Uh, They've also got an anniversary party coming up next month, October 20th. I believe they're going to be doing two or three dollar drafts all day of Bold City Brewery beer. So I mean, you can't really beat that when you're talking craft beer for two bucks, three bucks. Uh, Exciting stuff. And that's going to be at their original location on Roselle in Riverside. They've also got their second location downtown, East Bay Street. Go uh, go check them out and tell them Jim Jack sent you. So, thanks to Bold City Brewery, of course. They're always hooking it up with some good brews for the show. And they also hook us up for all the tailgates, which uh, is, is pretty exciting for us. Speaking of tailgates, quick reminder, tailgate this Sunday, uh, Jaguars vs. Titans. 9 a.m. we will start the tailgate at the Strata Warehouse, 240 Talleyrand Avenue. 
We'll have free food and beer for Jim Jag members all season long. And we also have, for the first time this year, chicken biscuits from Metro Diner. It's our first morning tailgate, so we're going to get back into the, the morning vibe with the chicken biscuits from Metro Diner. Uh, you can sign up to be a member at the tailgate or at jimjag.com. So, get it done. Come hang out with us. Uh, before we get into recapping what was just like the most exciting home game that we've ever been a part of, uh, prior to the game, we were able to fly a Miles Jack Wasn't Down banner. Uh, we did a GoFundMe, and a lot of generous and uh, diehard Jaguar fans donated to that cause. Uh, it flew around the stadium for an hour before the game. Lots of cool pictures. Lots of media buzz about it. Uh, because of the excess amount that was donated to our cause there, we were able to donate a lot of money to the TCJ Fund today. That's which awesome. was really exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so happy about that. Shout out to the TCJ Fund. Um, if you don't know, it's Tom Coughlin's uh, charity that uh, goes and they help out uh, families that have uh, children with childhood cancer. So. If you want to learn more information, you can Google them, TCJ Fund, and you can donate on their website or send in checks uh, to their address that they have there on their website. So happy to be able to support them, happy to show the world that we remember Miles Jack wasn't down, and happy to show the world that the Jaguars were ready. Okay. Uh, just ready to take on the Patriots. We weren't bitter about the Miles Jack wasn't down. It was more of a rallying cry. Mm -hmm. And even Miles Jack himself loved it. Um, he said he couldn't wait to see the banner. He wishes he could be up in the sky with the with the the pilot flying the banner around the stadium. So it was all a really cool experience. You can check out our social media if you want to see a little bit more about the Miles Jack wasn't down banner. A lot of fun there. So uh, getting into the content of the show, we're going to talk injuries, Jaguars versus Patriots. Uh, we'll take you around the AFC South. We'll do our pump the brakes segment for the week. And then, obviously, we'll get into Jaguars-Titans' first divisional matchup against the most hated uh, division rival for the Jaguars. I think it's easy to say that. Easy. Sometimes the Titans are bad. Sometimes the Titans are good. Same with the Jaguars, but you always Doesn't have matter. that hate. Yeah, it means something. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So, let's go ahead and get into Jaguars-Patriots. Uh, I think this was the biggest non-playoff win in franchise history, at least recent franchise history, last 10 years plus. Yeah, I mean, when you look, I mean, you can look, it's the first time the, Jaguar, or the Jaguars have beaten Tom Brady. Right. It's and the first regular season win against the Patriots since, I think it was in the late 90s. Right. That's... Unreal. I mean, yeah, and the Patriots have been a real... Real roadblock for the Jaguars. They've mm -hmm. taken them out in the playoffs several times. Uh, it's been ugly against the Patriots, and especially since Tom Brady has uh, come into the league. Yeah, and I mean, you look all the way back to the last playoff run, 2006. Our season ended up there in New England. Um, you look last year, just an absolute heartbreaker. I mean, this is thing, it was, yeah. it's been overdue. No, I mean, it's it. it's definitely to me. It feels like it's. It validates more so to the outside world, but just see like inside of us, it's like, hey, you know, we're not just the little guy trying to sit at the table at the the grown up table. You know, we belong. Jaguars. And we might be at the head of the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, power rankings have Jaguars at the top now, uh, but let's go ahead and get into this matchup and what we saw from this matchup. Um, I think it was clear that the Jaguars coaching staff and the players learned their lesson in the AFC Championship. Mm -hmm. Do not take your foot off the gas, and the Jaguars did not do that in this game. And they really channeled their inner Patrick Swayze, if you will, from, yeah. uh, from Roadhouse and ripped out the jugular of Tom Brady and the Patriots there in the fourth quarter. They led the entire game, and uh, they just kept passing the ball. After the first quarter, the Patriots never got closer than 11 points down. It was a beautiful sight to behold, for sure, in Jacksonville on Sunday. You want to go ahead and lead us off, Scott, with uh, our game breakdown here? Yeah, I mean, from the get-go, 
they let you know what the game plan was. It was to throw, throw, and then throw some more. I think they ran them all three times in the first quarter. I mean, they it was they lived and died by Blake Bortles. Yeah, that day. I, I, and it was a lot of <laughs> it was a lot of living. I mean, from the get go, it's just he was on point. I think he might have had one questionable pass, and that one even hit it hit his receiver. In the hands. Referring to the interception. interception. Yeah, Austin Severian Jenkins should have caught the interception. Yeah. I mean, it was a tight window, and it was perhaps an ill-advised throw, but it was an accurate pass. It was a catchable pass. Hit him right in the hands. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the best game of Blake Bortles' career. Yeah. He shined against the greatest quarterback of all time. And he was the reason we won this game. Yeah. By far. I mean, they, they... The biggest reason. Yeah. And it's, they looked and they went, they had their game plan. They went in throwing the ball. They found, you know, hey, this is working. And they never stopped. Yeah. Sometimes, some teams, when you're up 21 nothing, 21-3, you're like, okay, we got to protect this lead. And that's what they did last year. And, and you better thing. believe, Doug Marone says, keep going. Don't stop. Because even in the fourth quarter, with the game on the line, there's been a couple turnovers. You might you might try and play it safe because there's you know the clock's winding down in the fourth quarter. They're still out there throwing the ball. Yeah, no <laughs> chance this game. There was, was there was times close to the end of the game where I was like, all right, maybe we should run the ball. <laughs> Rated it in a little bit, but they just kept throwing the ball and it worked to perfection. Three hundred seventy-seven <laughs> passing yards for Bortles. Four touchdown passes. Did have the one pick. Again, not his fault. Uh, six rushes for 35 yards. Even with the not fantastic passing performance in week one, mm-hmm. he's on pace to break Jaguar single season records for completions, touchdown passes, and rushing yards by a quarterback. And he uh, he's on pace to shatter touchdown passes and rushing yards by a quarterback. And I think a lot of it is on Blake, but I think... Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, put him uh, in such a good position. No I mean, the th- a lot of the throws that he made was just an easy... Re- oh, that guy's open. It's man-to-man, and we're just running a little crossing pattern. Oh, he's wide open, and let him make a move and run. I mean, they, they, like, they diagnosed and they saw what worked, and they just twisted the knife in there just to make sure. It was a great game plan by Hackett. Great play calling throughout the game. Play design. The Patriots didn't have an answer all game. Yeah, when they they drop back and set in coverage and rush for Blake Bortles literally had a minute and a half to decide where to throw the ball. When they blitzed him, he was quick. He, he was confident. He knew exactly where he wanted to go. Right. And I he mean, struggled against the Blitz a little bit in yeah. Week 1. Much better in Week 2 against the Patriots. Yeah. they. I mean, the first time they really brought six guys at him, he throws a touchdown to Cole in the corner of the end zone. Yeah. And it was a perfect just right in the bread basket. He was... It was unbelievable. I mean, on the biggest stage, it, he just... he sh- The entire offensive game plan just shined and was on display. It really was. It was impressive. Um, getting into the rest of the offense here, uh, the O-line play was really impressive. Um, Cam Robinson obviously suffered a torn ACL, which is a huge bummer for the Jaguars and for Cam Robinson. I think he played the best game for the Jaguars in Week 1 against the Giants in terms of offensive linemen. But... Um, You know, it's next man up. The Jaguars built their roster to be able to have depth along the offensive and defensive lines. They do have Josh Wells. He substituted in there, and he'll he'll be the starter moving forward at left tackle. He's not perfect, but when you're talking about the modern-day NFL when there's really a lack of depth and talent on the offensive lines, when you've got a guy like Josh Wells who's played in 30-plus NFL games, he started... Uh, many games. He hasn't been perfect. He's allowed a lot of pressures, but he's never been a guy that's allowed a ton of sacks. And I think he's about as good as backup left tackle as you could hope for. Yeah, he he struggled in the preseason. Um, was talked about how he might not even make the team at one point. But, I mean, you look in the past, 
um, what he did last year, he was called in quite a bit. You know, he's a guy who you're comfortable putting him out there. Obviously, you want your second round pick out there just because he's your left tackle. Yeah. But as a guy um, who's got experience, like you said, he's going to step up and he played well enough yesterday. Well enough to yeah. allow Blake Bortles to not get sacked the whole game. Obviously, Blake Bortles is a very elusive quarterback, makes a lot of plays with his <clears> legs, <throat> stepping up in the pocket, making defenders miss. But when an offensive line doesn't allow a sack all game, it's, a, it's an impressive and thing. You, and you brought it up before we started recording. He's going to have all the reps with the ones. You know, he's game, going into the game knowing he's the guy. Right. So he's going to have that much more of, uh, of a grasp on what they want to do for this game. And whereas the last game, you know, he's obviously he, he knows what they want to do, but he might not nec- they might not necessarily do the same thing as they would with Cam Robinson. Right. So they can plan for that. He can plan for that and really get that valuable time with the new guy, Norwell, to really kind of have that left-hand, right-hand protection on that left side of the line. Yeah. So hopefully that all goes well for the Jaguars on the left side. Other than that, though, you got to really like what you've been seeing out of everyone else. Andrew Norwell, uh, he really stepped up compared to his week one performance. Brandon Linder was excellent at Mm -hmm. center. Can and Parnell really locked down the right side, and again, Parnell mauled some people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's gonna do that. That's what you expect yeah. from him. And uh, again, the uh, the Jaguars didn't allow a sack. They they ran the ball very well. Uh, we'll get into the running game a little bit more after we look at what the receivers were able to do here. Uh, you got to start with Keelan Cole in this one. We mentioned it earlier. His catch, I mean, that was that. I think that put Odo Beckham Jr. to shame. Yeah, it was just... It was unbelievable. I mean, the way he grabbed it, brought it over the defender... Yeah, just being able to, to, to grasp the ball when he grasped it was really impressive. But then, like you said, to, to bring the ball over the defender and not, with just one hand and not lose any possession of it at all. I mean, he had complete control of that ball the whole time. And then to bring it into the body with just the one hand, it was... I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was as contested of a catch as it could have been. If you haven't seen it, you can go to our blog Ooh. at jimjack.com and just watch it over and over again, because it will wow you. <laughs> they, they, the Jaguars put up a video of the players reacting to it. Oh, yeah. And it's great. Telvin Smith and is incredible. They're just in awe of that catch. And there's also a photo... Where you see the Patriots, a couple guys on their yeah. sideline, and they're just, just in like, the background of the catch. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're catching flies. Their mouth is just, their jaws are just dropped. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that was not all he did. Like you mentioned earlier, he had a touchdown catch, seven catches, 116 yards, a touchdown on eight targets. He is now caught. I mean, he's caught ten of his twelve targets this year, which is just yeah. awesome. Eighty-three percent catch rate. Uh, D.D. Westbrook also has been fantastic this year. He did have the fumble early on. Thankfully, D.J. Chark was there to scoop it up and advance it for a first down. Bounce pass. Not a fumble. <laughs> it's a bounce pass. Right. <laughs> but he's been really impressive, just like Keelan Cole. He's caught nine of his 11 targets this year. Four out of five on the day against the Patriots. 61-yard catch and run, thanks to some great blocking, shiftiness, and long speed. He found the end zone on that play. These two guys, I don't know if you can say enough about their performances through two games. Yeah, I mean, you you look at what they did last year, and you're like, hopefully they can build off of it. Man, they're blowing that out of the water. I mean, these guys have been 1A and 1B, yeah. and no one else has really been able to keep up. Yeah, you've got some other guys that have done some nice things. Certainly, Corey Grant, major factor in yeah. this one. Six catches, 56 yards. A lot of those... Catches went for first downs and mm-hmm. times that the Jaguars really you needed to keep some drives going, and it was impressive by Corey Grant. I would like to see him used more. I mean, I think his usage in this game was great. Yeah. Obviously, he's not. he had six catches and four carries. He's not going to get ten touches every game. Mm-hmm. But uh, he really didn't touch the ball at all against the Giants. I think this is a guy that has to have at least five touches a game. 
He's so explosive. I mean, and I don't care if they're carries. I would actually prefer them to be uh, screenplays or something of that nature more so than just carrying the ball out of the backfield. But, I mean, yeah, once you start getting uh, further down into the lineup, I mean, Dante Moncrief did have a touchdown catch. Um, yeah, let's talk about Dante Moncrief. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was actually funny. Before that play, just seeing how they were lined up, I was like, please don't throw a pack shoulder throw to Moncrief. Because <laughs> it just seemed like, like that's once they get down in the five-yard line, they start throwing these fades. Of course, shut me right up. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it it worked. Pass. It was great. Perfect pass, good catch. That's not always the easiest catch. You have to be physical, bring mm-hmm. it down, get your feet down. It was very impressive on Bortles and Moncrief's part. But outside of that touchdown catch, I mean, he has been really disappointing through two games. Yeah, I mean, they, he hasn't really gotten a lot of targets. Well, he um, has. Well, he, in the, I know in the first game, they, they threw the back shoulder throw quite a bit. This game, it was... They, he was targeted nine times this game. Get out of town. Yeah. Four, he caught four of nine targets for only 39 yard, 34 yards. I mean, he's been targeted the most out of any Jaguars receiver. Oh, this... 14 targets on the year and only five catches. Okay. He's I'm... at like a 35% <laughs> catch rate right now. I'm, I'm eating crow right now. That's, <laughs> and, that's, and to me, I guess it's more of just a feel of the game. It yeah. just doesn't feel like he's being involved very much. Well, because and these it doesn't making... feel like... I think part of that is... Things went well for the Jaguars. True. I think if if you if you were watching that game and things weren't going well, I'm finding more. You would remember Dante Moncrief not catching five of his nine targets. True. <laughs> yeah, my my first watch through is a very emotional experience, yeah. and my second one is normally more reserved, and I can actually focus on what's going on. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not really ending up the way that they envision him coming in here and doing, um, especially after the preseason that they had. Right. I think he has a chance still to, you know, obviously recover and improve. If he can get his catch rate close to 50%, I think that'll be fine. He needs to do that, though, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see his target share reduced. I mean, he's been targeted more than Keelan Cole and more than D.D. Westbrook. Uh, I would like to see that change and at least have it be close to even. I mean, he doesn't have way more targets than him. He has 14, whereas Cole has 12 and Westbrook has 11. But I would like to see those guys being targeted more than Moncrief. I think if you target those guys more and then you target Moncrief slightly less and he catches more balls, then you can start to have it be an equal target share again. But at this point, those guys have blown him out of the water. Yeah, just just out of production, I mean, that's where the ball should be going to. Right. Because plays are being made. You don't want to forget about Moncrief because he can't make plays. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he hasn't really done it enough. Um, getting to the tight ends here, Austin Zafarian Jenkins, three catches and a touchdown. Impressive game. He should have had another touchdown against the Giants. I don't think he's been like this insane game changer for the Jaguars, mm-hmm. but just his presence has been really welcomed. I think just having him out there makes you a more dangerous offense than yeah. you were. And he has helped the offense both games. Absolutely. He's not yeah, he's not providing the impact that I thought he would have um going into the but season. But if you're talking about a tight end that scores a touchdown in two your first two games. Oh yeah. I know one of them got called back, but That's great. He's yeah, looked good. As a, and it's he's turning more into he, he's very he's lethal in the red zone. Yeah. And that's that's what he does well and that's you know they should ab- and that's what they've been using him with. I mean, like you said, he's got he would have had two touch red zone touchdowns in the past two games. Um, but these wide receivers specifically the two young guys they're making plays. I mean, he's really he's getting he's getting open. You know, he's he's making plays, but there's the targets are more valuable to these other guys being able to make explosive, crazy catch of the year. Is that he's being used more sparingly than I believed he would have been. I yeah. thought the the wide receiver core wouldn't would have struggled a bit more than this, and they would be focusing on him more to really elevate that. And it's been the other way around. Yeah. 
it's been nice. Uh, then you've got Niles Paul and James O'Shaughnessy who both also caught uh, their only targets of the game. So good to see the backup tight ends being productive. Um, so overall, the wide receiving core and tight ends as receivers, really impressive through two games. You want to see Moncrief improve moving forward. But outside of that, there is no complaints. I mean, people might be a little bit upset about DJ Chark. Uh he hasn't yeah. been as involved. He did get targeted four times this game. One catch, fumbled it though. But you got to give the guy credit. Johnny on the spot with the D.D. Westbrook bounce pass we'll yeah. again, and then uh, also he he sprung D.D. Westbrook uh, on that sixty-one yeah. yard touchdown, and then he's been excellent as a special teamer. So while he might not have been an excellent contributor as a wide receiver so far, he is improving. He uh, got 42% of the offensive snaps he played in this week, so that's a big bump up from the first week. I think the Jaguars should continue to ease him in. There's no rush right now when you've got Keelan Cole and Judy Westbrook playing like they are, Um, and Austin Zafarian Jenkins also being very efficient. And then Corey Grant, TJ Yeldon, and Leonard Fournette can also be effective players out of the backfield as receivers. Um, Getting to the running game... (laughs) No Leonard Fournette, no problem, says TJ Yeldon. <laughs> 10 carries, 58 yards, didn't get a lot of play at the end of the game, which uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to the injury report. Corey Grant carried the ball four times as well. Brandon Wild chipped in three carries. He was promoted from the practice squad earlier in the week because of Leonard Fournette's absence. Uh, the running game was not the focal point in this one, which is yeah. rare to say for a Jaguars game plan, but they still rushed for 104 total yards. A lot of that thanks to Blake Bortles. And they averaged 4.3 yards per rush against a good New England defense. I think it was an impressive performance by the running backs, by the offensive line and run run uh, blocking situations, and just overall. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they could just pick and choose, like, oh, we're going to run the ball now. You know? Yeah. They, they're, they, we've thrown the ball 12 times in a row. Let's... Let's pound the rock a little bit. And then they just went right back to passing the ball. Um, it was, I'm sure it kept the defensive line off guard. I mean, every time they did run the ball, it seemed like the offensive line just got this huge push right. to be able to just, you know, TJ Yeldon could just kind of huddle behind the offensive line and let them do all the work. You know, it was the opposite of what we probably anticipated happening. I mean, especially with Leonard Fournette, you would expect more of a running game, but. They didn't have to do much. <laughs> they did just it. <laughs> yeah. Now, switching sides of the ball, the offense was awesome. We all know that. 31 points against the Patriots. Fantastic. Uh, the defense. They were just as good as the offense, in yeah. my opinion. Obviously, they let up 20 points, which, against the Patriots, you got to pat yourself on the back for mm-hmm. that. But the run defense we'll start with. They allow just 3.4 yards per carry. None of the Patriots' backs got going. Um, their highest yards per carry guy was Rex Burkhead, who, I mean, when you watch the game, you can just tell he was ineffective. Yeah. So uh, the run defense, you got to give it up to them. They played very well. They didn't allow any big runs to break off, and, uh, and they just kept... Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, all those guys in check. Yeah, I think I think Marcel Darius is playing so well right now. Um, he had he had a huge impact and was just eating double teams like crazy. And Avery Jones played really well. Yeah, he's been awesome. I mean, <laughs> with those two guys being able to just stuff the middle of that line, it makes it so much easier on everybody around them. I think those two are a huge reason why you're seeing the low numbers that they're putting up. Yeah. I mean, outside of the Barkley run, it's been peanuts. I mean, yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Outside of that 68-yard run by Saquon Barkley, the Jaguars have given up only 128 yards on the ground on 46 carries, hmm. an average of just 2.78 yards per carry. Uh, even with the Barkley run, the Jaguars rank 16th in run defense and have only surrendered the one touchdown on the ground. So uh, I think if they eliminate the big play, which it looks like they should be able to moving forward, 
I mean, Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no getting around that. Uh, if they can avoid playing Saquon Barkley every week, yeah. which I think they will <laughs> from here on out. I think this run defense will easily finish in the top 10, if not higher. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it seems like Miles Jack is really embracing the middle linebacking role, um, really being able to embrace his athleticism and being able to use it more in control. Telvin Smith's always been a great run defender. I mean, yeah. he's just blowing up blocks. I don't care if he's 220 pounds, 225. Um, they're, they're, I mean, it's really impressive considering the way they started last year, and it's going to be, it's, you're going to need the same thing coming up. Because this next team coming in here is, they're gonna they're gonna give us everything they they got. No doubt about it. Now, the marquee matchup here in this game, heading into the game, was the Jaguars' pass defense versus the Patriots' passing offense, uh, especially Jalen Ramsey versus Rob Gronkowski. We did get a little bit of that, but the guy tasked with stopping Gronk more so than Jalen was Tashawn Gibson, and he did a fantastic job. Deserves a lot of credit. The Jaguars coaches have said as much. The players, uh, Mike DiRocco wrote a piece on that. Um, Jaguars social media, they've been tweeting out pictures of Sean Gibson. Uh, It's been impressive. Um, The Jaguars simply, they really frustrated Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski all Mm -hmm. day, and it really started up front in my mind. Uh, They registered 18 quarterback pressures in the game. Dante Fowler led the pack. He had five pressures and only 14 pass rushing snaps. I think that's good. (laughs) I think that's pretty good. (laughs) And he also made the play of the game when he he got the strip sack on Brady and then recovered the fumble. Uh, That was 12 minutes left in the game. Jaguars were able to waste three minutes off the clock and then pin the Patriots back inside their own 10-yard line. Uh, with uh, not about nine minutes left on the clock. Yeah, before that, I mean, it just there was that interception. They had just gotten the touchdown. It just felt like the ball had been rolling. You know, momentum shifted to them, and it provided a huge boost and really sealed the game. Yeah, from from that point. That on. was the biggest play of the game in my mm-hmm. opinion. Timely, effective, turnover. Just a huge play by Dante Fowler, who was the highest-rated pass rusher by Pro Football Focus in Week 2 in the entire NFL. Um, but he wasn't the only guy getting after it. Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson both had three pressures. Unique Ngakwe had two pressures and a quarterback hit. Taven Bryan, Laurenti McCray, DJ Hayden, Ronnie Harrison, and Barry Church all registered pressures in this game. It was a good effort all around when it came to getting after the quarterback. They only registered two sacks. But do not let that fool you. Yeah, Tom Brady's not a guy that really gets hit very often. And he, man, he got hit. He was visually <laughs> frustrated on the sideline. He, he had a little bit of a breakdown. Up. Him and Josh McDaniels did early that game. Yeah. It My was, baby Tom is, it's a good sight <laughs> yeah. to see when you're on the other end of it, no doubt. And uh, the secondary, you got to give credit to them too. A.J. Boye just isn't getting targeted. People yeah, don't want to throw the ball at him. It's unbelievable. I mean, half the field is just shut down. Now, Jalen Ramsey, he hasn't been as good as you would expect so Mm -hmm. far this year. But I think uh, his time will come to shine this season. I think it'll come sooner rather than later. So, uh, again, Gronk, only two catches for 15 yards. A uh, few more things on the defense side of the ball. Just want to talk about some of the unsung guys here. Taven Bryan, he had to play a lot because of Calais Campbell's injury, uh, which Campbell seems to be fine now. He wasn't on the injury report today. He even got poked in the eye and had to yeah. get a, had to get a shield. <laughs> yeah. So Taven Bryan, I mean, he he was only credited with one pressure, but he consistently was pushing offensive linemen back mm-hmm. towards the quarterback. And he wasn't really doing anything besides power, and it was working well. Yeah. <laughs> so when he develops a little bit more of a skill set and is more comfortable using that skill set, uh, sky's the limit for that young guy. Uh, DJ Hayden, yes. he's been an unsung hero so far for the Jaguars. Fantastic first two games at nickel cornerback. I mean, Aaron who? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is the guy you look at the defense, when in the passing defense, you would think we have to target this guy. He's making you pay. Yeah. I mean, he he's having a spectacular 
start to a season and really showing the talent that made him a first round draft pick. Right. I mean, he's been a disappointment everywhere he's been. And he, he's, that nickel roll with a bunch of talent around him, and he has been electric. Yeah. Also fantastic has been the third round rookie, Ronnie Harrison. There's just not enough you can say about the kid. We talk about him every week. He gets more playing time every week. Mm. Barry Church is a great player, and I would like to see both of them on the roster next year, but I don't know. He's I don't know if it's going to happen. He's going to make it tough. <laughs> um, so, uh, final uh, portion of the Jaguars Patriots review special teams Josh Lambeau, 4 of 4 extra points, 1 of 1 on field goal, 4 touchbacks on 5 attempts. Can't say much more about the guy. He's been pretty much perfect since he's been in a Jaguars uniform. Yeah, I mean he's he's such a likable guy too. Yeah, I mean, he just he's just very different for this guy. <laughs> I'm with you there. Uh, Logan Cook, rookie punter, three punts, two of which were down inside the ten. One of which we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier was in the fourth quarter, a really important punt. Yeah. Um, his other punt, however, was not great. Not a thirty-three yard punt that only landed at the Patriots' forty-one yard line, gave them really good field position at the time. Didn't end up mattering too much, but you don't want to see a 33-yard punt in the middle of the field. Yeah, it needs to be more consistent. I mean, punters, you should be able to you should be able to get off a punt 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Uh, it's just consistency. He, he, he obviously made two great, great kicks, downing them inside there, but to give a guy like Tom Brady... Field position on his own 41-yard line? Right. Can't do that. Right. Um, I will say, I'll take a 33-yard punt over a 12-yard punt from Brad Norman last year. Yeah. <laughs> that was awful. Uh, but, to Cook's credit, he has 10 punts on the year, and five of them have landed inside the 20. So you got to like that. Got to like that. Uh, Jaden Mickens, he's, he was the primary returner there on kick and punt. 26-yard kick return on his only kick return. Returned two punts for 21 yards. Good day. Yeah. Nothing great, but good, solid day. You'll take 10 yards of punt return all day. Okay. Um, now, before we get into our injuries, AFC South Roundup, and Jags-Titans preview, let's go ahead and pump the brakes. You want to lead us off here, Scott? Yeah. I'm a little conflicted because normally I'm very gung-ho. And we'll just get into it. Pump the brakes on the Super Bowl. I know it sounds crazy. I'm not saying this team will make it there. It's week two. Well, now week three. Right. This team has a long way to go. There's a lot of work to do. Don't let week two be the highlight of your season. Don't look ahead. Focus on this next go. We got to win the division. Then... We have to win home field advantage. Have to win home field advantage. Yeah, I agree. We have to win against very good teams in the playoffs just to make it to the place we want to go. Right. I mean, left in the regular season, you've still got two matchups with the Titans who beat you twice last mm-hmm. year. The Colts don't look like a slouch anymore. Um, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs on the road who look fantastic, at least on the offensive side of the ball. You've got Cowboys. The Jaguars have never played well in Dallas. Mm -hmm. You've got the Steelers. Right now they look like a dumpster fire, but that can always turn around. That team can get hot quick. You've got the Eagles in London. Uh, You've got a lot of tough competition ahead. So, I mean, I I won't be talking about Super Bowl. (laughs) We'll see when the playoffs comes around, but just focus, focus on the now. Focus on the, the this coming week. I don't want to. I just don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Make us look like a bunch of a holes, and then things kind of, you know, anything can happen to the rest of the season. I think it's fair tempering your expectation, yeah. and I don't think you're necessarily tempering your expectation. I think you're saying, you know, let's handle the regular season before we talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, we. I mean, we've had one winning season since two thousand eight. 2007, I believe, was the last winning season before 2017. So, I mean, with the big bad guys... I guess if you want to call 8-8 eight eight a winning season, I think 2008. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
But no, I just we're we know we're good. We're going to be good. Let's just let the season play out. We can. I'm gonna talk smack. Any Titans fan wants to come at me, let's go. Uh, Jets fans. At Scott Klein, one Titans <laughs> yeah. fans. Jets fans, um, however many y'all are, sure, why not? <laughs> I guess we'll chit-chat. I don't know. I'm not. I think the Jaguars should expect to go to the Super Bowl, and I think their fans yeah. should, too. I think I understand your point, but for me, it's Super Bowl. Or bust <laughs> yeah. no, let's be honest. That's my expectations, <laughs> but I just... I don't know. Let's talk about it when the time comes, I guess, is what It's week two, is. is all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, my pump the brakes is going to be the narrative around Jacksonville and uh, maybe around the NFL that the defense isn't quite as good as they were at pa- rushing the passer last year. They only have four sacks in two games. Guess what? 38 pressures. 20 against the Giants, 18 against the Patriots. I'll take that all day. They have disrupted offenses... I mean, you give up 20 points to the Patriots. You're stoked about that. You only gave up 15 points to the Giants. Again, take away that Saquon Barkley run, and you're talking about eight points to the Giants. Uh, I think this defense is better than it was last year. Everyone in the NFL knows our defense is number. Our defensive line is the number one, maybe number two. Probably number one in the NFL. You don't think they're going to game plan for that? Quick throws, try and get set set up screens, go under you know underneath routes to try and get the ball out quick, avoid the pass rush, and we're still getting pressures. Tom Brady gets the ball out quicker than any quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he goes from just sitting there hopping like an idiot, like he does, and then the ball's twenty yards downfield yeah. in a blink of an eye. Eli Manning was getting the ball yeah. out quick too. So. I agree. Just because the sacks aren't there, pressure is just as good as a sack if it comes up as an incompletion. Yeah, and you you want the sacks to come. You definitely do. I think they will, but... Without pressure, Odell Beckham Jr. probably has a couple touchdowns in the Giants game. So, you can impact a quarterback without actually sacking him. Yeah, as you may have heard, just popped up another Bold City Brewery beer over here. Again, they're the one and only sponsor of the Gym Jack Podcast. Find them online, boldcitybrewery.com. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Bold City Brewery. One for the homies. There we go. And a uh, big shout out to them, as always. So, getting into the injuries, we've got Cam Robinson out for the season, torn ACL. We've talked about that already. Um, Josh Wells is going to be the starter there at left tackle, at least for the time being. A Wednesday injury report came out. Players that missed practice. Brandon Linder. We knew he was going to miss practice. Uh, He's scheduled to miss every Wednesday practice with his knee injury that he's handling right now. Shouldn't be an issue moving forward. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins also missed practice with his core muscle injury. He's been on the injury report all, all regular season so far. He didn't miss any time last week. He did miss a practice prior to week one. So you hope this isn't like a re-aggravation or the condition worsening. Hopefully it's just like a day of rest to let him uh, recover and To to me, it's it's been the same injury on every single injury report. And it might just be something where a pain management thing. Where it's something yeah. where maybe at the end of the season he might have to have surgery on it to correct it. But as long as he's able to tolerate the pain and play through it, maybe he can't really make it that much worse. Right. We don't know exactly what the injury is. But to me, having a guy being able to play regularly with the same injury on every single... It's like uh, Jalen Ramsey. Right. I think he was on the injury report for the same thing all season right. last year. and. Went out there, played every single game. We're not saying the same injury. No, no, no. no. Jalen Ramsey had the same injury all year and still played all the games. Yeah. So, uh, worth keeping an eye on, but what you've seen from him, he doesn't seem to be limited. And that seems to be a positive sign, even though he's on an injury report every single day. Right. Now, TJ Yeldon, we mentioned earlier, he didn't play very much at the end of the game. 
against the Patriots. He has an ankle injury. He missed practice today. Don't know what to make of it yet. Uh, we'll probably learn more about it as the week progresses. Hopefully he's available. He's an excellent, uh, excellent pass blocker, excellent pass catcher out of the backfield, and he's the Jaguars' second-string running back, guy that averaged 5.8 yards a carry last week against the Patriots. You want him in there. Then you've got Brandon Wilds, who missed with an illness. Almost always when it's an illness, the guy will be back in a day or two. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he gets back in there. No, no report of what that illness is. The biggest injury news on the day, Fournette returning to practice with his hamstring injury. He missed the game against the Patriots, missed the entire second half against the Giants. The Jaguars' biggest offensive weapon is back. He got ready to go. He got to love it. No doubt about it. Uh, Jeremy Parnell with his knee, he's had that injury since the preseason. A.J. Cam with a triceps injury, both on the injury report, but both practiced. So now let's take you around the AFC South. Jaguars are on top by themselves, 2-0. We've talked about them extensively. This is the Gen Jag podcast, after all. Moving on, the Titans and the Texans faced off in the first divisional matchup from the AFC South in 2018 in Week 2. Titans beat the Texans with Blaine Gabbard at the helm. Uh, We both, I thought, we both, I think, we're picking the Texans to win that game. Didn't mm-hmm. happen. Um, they look like a mess. We'll talk about them a little bit. Obviously, uh, Blaine Gabbert didn't do a ton. He was 13 of 20, 117 yards. Didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he wasn't asked to do very much. The Titans were running some interesting uh, offensive sets there. Uh, they were really, I mean, the difference in the game for the Titans was a Kevin Byard uh a fake punt. He threw a 66-yard touchdown pass to Dave uh, or Dane Crookshank. I don't, I don't know if we're butchering that name, but a 66-yard touchdown pass on a fake punt. Uh, so that was really a difference in the game, and it wasn't a pretty game. 2017 final score. Both teams are not looking great so far. Titans were dealing with a lot of injuries. It was real bad. I watched the whole thing. I, I wish I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And then the final team in the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts, 1-1 one one now with an impressive win over the Redskins, 21-9. I don't know. You don't know with these games so early in the season because you look at it, you're like, man, the Redskins really dismantled the Cardinals in week one, but the Cardinals look like one of the worst teams in football right yeah, now. Yeah, they uh, So you see the Colts beat them. You're like, oh, well, that's a good win for the Colts over the Redskins. The Redskins have... Quite a lot of talent. Alex Smith, at the quarterback. Uh, some good pass rushers, good talent on defense. Colts don't allow a single touchdown against them against the Redskins, and uh, that's pretty impressive. And then, obviously, Andrew Luck throwing three touchdown passes. They got the job done. Yeah, I mean, still early. We don't really know what either team is. Um, the Colts lost to... Somebody week one? <laughs> I believe the Bengals. The Bengals, yes. And the Bengals oh, look like a good team. Yeah, they built up a big lead, and then the Bengals came back. Um, we'll see. I mean, I don't think this defense is what they were on Sunday. I think, the Colts defense? I think maybe they yeah. exposed more of the Redskins than the other way around. Um, we'll certainly find yeah. out yeah. as the season progresses. It'll be interesting. It's it's so tough to tell when you're only two weeks in really what's going to play out. But again, at this point, Jaguars are on top by themselves, 2-0. Titans 1-1, Colts 1-1, Texans 0-2. And the Texans, amazingly enough, have the highest chances of going to the Super Bowl out of all the teams in the AFC South entering the season, according to you know Vegas and the, the odds makers there. Uh, not according to the Jim Jack podcast. Um, still looking like a one-horse race right now, but anything can happen in this league. Uh, if the Titans win this week against the Jaguars, it's a tie-up for first place. If the Colts get a W, they're also going to be tied for first place. But if the Jaguars win, they will, they'll be still on top all by themselves. So speaking of the Jaguars and Titans game, let's go ahead and get into that. Jaguars are favored by 6.5 at home. 
Jaguars being favored by six and a half in quite some time. Yeah. A couple of years ago, it was surprising that we were favored. At right, all. at all. You had a <laughs> one-point favorite, or even if it was a push in a game. That was impressive. Uh, the Jaguars are going to wear white jerseys with teal pants for the first time. Oh, interesting. That's going to be interesting for sure. I, I'm excited to see it. 1 p.m. kickoff in Jacksonville. Again, we'll be out there tailgating at 9 a.m. at the Strata Warehouse, 240 Talleyrand Avenue. Come and see us. Uh, but, yeah, getting into this Jaguars-Titans matchup, let's go ahead and look at the Titans' offense. They've been banged up. It's been ugly. They got 20 points in both games. Again, they only won in Week 2 due to a terrible performance by the Texans and a really nice special teams wrinkle on the fake punt. Um, and they they lost in Week 1 to the Dolphins, only scored 12 points. Their only touchdown came on a uh, kick return. And... <laughs> It's it's been ugly, to be quite honest for the Titans. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're not even when Mario was healthy, he was looking like a shell of his former Rookie of the Year like caliber player he was. Yeah. I mean, it's Blaine Gabbert. They don't. They clearly don't feel comfortable with him. He was thirteen. I mean, he was efficient. Quotes. Yeah. Quote. 13 for 20 for like 170 yards or something? I think 117. Oh. Yeah, that's what I said. What's 117? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was an entire drive where they just were in the Wildcat. I've, I've, I haven't seen that since the Dolphins unveiled the Wildcat. On the yeah, NFL. you're not going to see that too I often. Mean, it's, they lost their best offensive player in uh, Delaney Walker. Um, At least... Offensive weapon. Uh, yeah. Um, if they do not. I don't like where they're at at all. Deion Lewis, uh, very explosive, still looks dangerous as hell. Um, wasn't very efficient last yeah, game. he's averaging under four yards a carry on the year, but he looks like one of their best weapons. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad I'm not a Titans fan. That's all I can say. Well, let's not get too cocky. We've got a game to play on Sunday for sure, but the Titans should be getting back Marcus Mariota, Jack Conklin, and Taylor Lewan, all of whom participated in practice on Wednesday. If I'm a Titans fan, I'm happy about that. Yeah. I want Marcus Mariota out there instead of Lane Gabbard. Yeah, easily. I mean, <laughs> at least he gives you... But I don't know. Lane Gabbard did beat the Jaguars last season with the Cardinals. Yeah... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I think. Did the Jaguars beat the Jaguars last year in Arizona? <laughs> I, I think that some. Yeah, I think there's definitely some of that that happened. But the Titans' offense is unimpressive. They've got mm-hmm. some weapons on the outside when you look at uh, Davis and um, Taiwan Taylor, Rashard Matthews. It's nothing that really wows you, though. This isn't, mm-hmm. a, this isn't an offense that uh, that's on the caliber of the two offenses the Jaguars have faced so far this year. Yeah, I mean, Eric Decker's not there anymore, which he he's not anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Delaney Walker who has been their offense for the last few years. He's on IR. Um they are getting back the two big left the two big tackles. Yeah. Um the, maybe that will get their running game going, but they just they need they need special teams help. I mean, they they had a special teams touchdown in each of their last. Well, you mean they need their special teams to to help? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and it has so far. I mean, they have a special teams touchdown in both games, yeah. and very good play from their kicker and punter. We'll get to that after we talk about the defense. Getting to the defense, what do you think so far? Yeah, I mean they they played well. I I didn't watch all of their game against the Dolphins, but I watched the, the entire Texas game or Texans game. Uh, they they wreaked havoc on that offensive line, but then again, who hasn't? Um, they really gave uh, Deshaun Watson fits. Um, Hopkins made some plays on him. Malcolm Butler has been very physical. I mean, he got a penalty because he basically tackled Hopkins off the line. Of yeah, screen. he's going to really – I think he's a guy that's going to press – yeah, he uh, wants to get He's really going to be physical with Keelan Cole and mm-hmm. D.D. Westbrook when he gets his opportunities, or Dante Moncrief. Yeah, Adoree Ad- Jackson seems like he's been really taking another step. He's very athletic, made a big interception 
last week just on a jump ball against Hopkins. Um, Doug Marone spoke about him a little bit yeah. today. He, they did a lot of work on him when he was coming out of the draft. They really like him. I really like him. He's a talented guy. Yeah. Kevin Byard. I mean, got a ton of interceptions last year. Maybe they should just play him at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he was very efficient. I think he had a perfect QB rate. <laughs> yeah, 66 yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah. um, they're deep, they do have a good defensive front. I mean, Jarrell Casey, uh, Marone was raving about him. Yeah. Saying he's like an Aaron Donald type guy. And they. I, I wouldn't put him on that level. Yeah. I think he's an all-star player. He's yeah. a verbal player. Uh, he's a great player. Um, him and Malik Jackson. I wish they could line up against each other. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that's yeah. so bad. They've got a nice feud going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrell Casey was talking some smack. And uh, Malik Jackson with the, the video of the year last year, I think. <laughs> Calais Campbell's yeah. getting interviewed. And Malik Jackson out of nowhere just comes in. What Jarrell Casey got to say about that? <laughs> yeah. He's sitting at home. And then, and then Calais makes the best face you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, one guy, just thinking about the matchups. One guy to keep an eye on, on that might cause problems is Brian Arakpo, especially yeah. with Josh Wells being at left. Or tackle. Morgan, Derek Morgan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If either one of them is lined up on the left side against right side of the defense, left side of the offense. Against Wells, you got to worry about that a little bit. I think what you should see there, hopefully, is the Jaguars try to get physical on that side mm-hmm. and kind of run at them and see what they can do yeah. uh, on that side and try to get Josh Wells Wells into a little rhythm, mm-hmm. make him feel comfortable and confident. And uh, also, you know, Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon are both very adequate at uh, chip blocking. You know, being the being the guy to help. Help out if your left tackle needs a little help. They should they should see plenty of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe some quick reads and such. But uh, yeah, I agree. Ryan Arakpo, he can definitely wreak some havoc. Yeah, and like like I said earlier, they just absolutely Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was running for his life. Thirty and... pressures last week against the Texans in one game. That's unbelievable. It is. That is unheard of. Yeah, I mean, they have 35 pressures on the year. 30 of them came last week against the Texans. It explains the Patriots. Right, the Patriots. It explains uh, a lot. Their, their defensive line and their pass rush absolutely obliterated the Texans in week one. You're thinking maybe this is one of the best pass rushes in football. Come to Jacksonville, get zero sacks. Maybe it's just the Texans are the worst offensive line in football. <laughs> yeah, and I am looking forward to playing them. Calais Campbell might get four more sacks against him. He might get seven. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, man. Uh, yeah, Texans offensive line is a, it's just a wreck right now. But this Titans defense, uh, I think they're probably average to above average, but yeah. nothing great. Yeah. I mean, they have a budding star in Kevin Byard. And a Dory Jackson. And yeah. Byard picked off Bortles twice last year in yeah. one game, I believe. That's obviously not something you want to see. But, I mean, yeah, I would say middle of the road. Maybe 10 to 15 yeah, range. Yeah, that range. I'm mm-hmm. with you there. They do have, again, who knows if this is just skewed because of playing the Texans, <laughs> but their 35 pressures is pretty good. Uh, special teams, Brett Kern, really good punter, averaging nearly 50 yards a punt this season. You don't really need to say much more than that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Suckup, he's been perfect on PATs and field goals. Again, you don't need to say much more than that. They've been pretty good there. And then their returners, uh, Jennings had that big kick return touchdown against the Dolphins in week one. Dory Jackson and Rashard Matthews, they've both do- been doing some punt returns, and they both have really nice averages up above 14 yards per return. Let's get into our keys to victory here, Scott. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. We always start with the offense when we break things down. Let's start with the defense. You can go ahead and get us going. Yeah, um, this is the team that is going to want to pound the rock. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then they might take a shot. So it's not something where you can just key in on one part of the offense because even with their limited weapons, these guys are NFL receivers, and they can make plays. Um Got to keep, keep your head on a swivel. Balance is the key. Um, keep you want to keep your momentum going in the running game. Um, the don't get lulled to sleep 
because a guy's going to be five yards behind you or into the end zone. Yeah. And that on the next play, um, that's really just playing aggressive, um, really forcing the issue, making whoever it is. We know Blaine Gabbert struggles with pressure. Let's let's see if Marriott is really healthy. You know, if he's not feeling one hundred percent, he's not going to be able to make all the plays that he's going to want to make. Yeah. I'm just looking, again, the aggression, I agree. Just bring it. They, they, they were flat to come out against the Titans. Um, uh, against them last year in two games. Don't allow the big play to Taiwan Taylor, which A.J. Boye did against the Titans last year. And uh, also, Davis and Lewis, you got to watch out for their big playability. Uh, don't allow Mariota to beat you with his legs. Or his stiff arm, Barry yeah. Church. <laughs> uh, keys to victory on the offensive side of the ball. Balance. The Jaguars' offense is at its best when it's, when it's balanced and when defenses can't key in on the run or just key in on the pass. Uh, I think with the return of Leonard Fournette, you'll see more balance than you did last week. Uh, I think he should easily see 20 touches plus in this game. And uh, I think he should be successful. Uh, the Jaguars should look to spread spread the Titans out a little bit as well. Their linebackers are downhill. They're not as much as a side-to-side, cover the, cover the entire field type guys. Stretch them out. See what, see what you can do there. And then our, our final point here on Josh Wells. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, gonna, just not don't be a liability. I mean, go out there. And just be okay. <laughs> yeah. Just do what you did in the Patriots. He, he even if you give up a little bit of pressure, just give Blake enough time to really be able to make a play. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, we've got one thing left to do: predictions. Mm-hmm. I correctly predicted last week thirty-one to twenty, the exact yes. score. Uh, hopefully, I can make it two weeks in a row. I'll settle for just being right on who wins the game. You want to go ahead and do yours first? Yeah. To me, the Titans game has been like pulling teeth for the past couple of years. It's been ugly. Well, it's, I mean, to finish off 2016, it was beautiful. Yeah. Coming out party for the Jaguars yeah, under that, Doug Marone, really. But. It was the shining light in, in a, a myriad of darkness. Yeah. I think it's going to be just one of those slobber knocker kind of games where you're just punching each other in the mouth. It's going to be a real grinding type of game. Um, I'm going to say it's like a 17-13 game where teams are going, both teams are going to be, you know, struggling to really grab a hold of any kind of momentum. Um, I think coming off a big game like the Patriots, I would be worried about a letdown type of game. Um, just because of the emotional state they're in, but the Titans are a different story. Um, I, I think we're going to win. I think they're going to have to grind it out because that seems like what we have to do against the Titans. So 17-13 for me, um, Jaguars. I think that's fair. I just don't agree. Yeah? I think the Jaguars find balance on offense. They overcome a couple turnovers that they're going to have because the Titans, they can force some turnovers. They've shown that in the past against the Jaguars with their pass rush with Kevin Byer to Dory Jackson. Um, there's a lot of young playmakers, talented playmakers on in their secondary and D-line. I still think the Jaguars put up 27 points while allowing the struggling Titans offense to score just 16 points. And that's with some, uh, some nice field positions by the Titans after some turnovers by the Jaguars offense. So yeah, 27-16 for me. 11-point victory for the second week in a row for the Jaguars. I like yours a lot better. <laughs> hopefully hopefully I'm right here. Um, that's going to do it for the show today. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, please review us on the iTunes podcast app. Re- uh, follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter, at Generation Jag, Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Check out genjag.com for all the latest news analysis Jaguar-themed gear. Um, and please go give our uh, our uh, 
one only sponsor of the Gin Jack Podcast, Bold City Brewery, a follow at Bold City Brewery. You can visit them online at boldcitybrewery.com. And uh, make sure to go be out there October 20th for their 10th anniversary party. Again, that's going to do it for the show. Enjoy the first division game of the regular season. Home game against the Titans. It doesn't get much better than that. Hopefully the Jaguars can pull out their first victory against the Titans since 2016. And uh, with that, we'll leave it to you, Duval. Have a great weekend and beat the Titans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.